Welcome into a all new betting preview for this week's Genesis Invitational. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Andy Lack. Andy, what a week we have in store this time. Oh, man. I can't wait. Uh, this one is right in my backyard. Um, I am super, super excited to see you. I just found out that you were coming into town. I, did, I didn't even know that, but I have to ask real quick at the top before we dive into Riviera. Give me like the tweet length review on your first time in Phoenix. Yeah. So the bar is really high, but I think it surpassed that, right? I've never seen so many people at a golf course before. And which is ad- awesome for the ad- game. Admittedly, for a lot of people, the golf is very secondary or tertiary, but right. it, 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 it has a different feel to it. And it's absolutely bonkers. Also, TPC Scottsdale is very underrated. And Mm -hmm. it has a great closing stretch when it plays firm and fast. And this past week was actually windier than normal. Like it was it was a solid test. And it was it was really, really cool to see all the big boys out there. Uh, So would you go back? Do you think it's going to be like a regular thing for you? Uh, I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, it's I I guess the the added juice of the Super Bowl being in town was was another another part of it. And sixteen, the first time I went through sixteen, I was like, okay, like I don't know if I need to do this again. That was probably Thursday, right. but by the time like Saturday and Sunday rolled around, being with the final groups in sixteen as they were rolling through was sick. I just don't think I would like. I don't think posting up at sixteen for twelve hours a day is my vibe. Right. Do you feel that this schedule makes sense, right? Because this, in my opinion, what we have this week, which is my segue to start talking about that. But in my opinion, this is like a top seven golf week in the world. Do you feel like a tournament like Phoenix, which is maybe also a top seven golf week in the world, right? Like in my opinion, rec, it's the four majors, it's the it's the players, and then in my opinion, Riviera is the sixth biggest tournament of the year, and I think Phoenix is rising up there, very close to seventh. Do you like that they are back to back? Um, it's a great question. I think I think yes. I mean, maybe if there was one week in between, we yeah. could build it up. But to go straight from like Sunday night in Phoenix to Monday at Riv is 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 pretty crazy i think what we're learning and what we've known about sports in general is that sports are so star driven right i mean think about just think about the nba think about the nfl it's just all about the stars and it's the same way in golf so for the first full field elevated event to 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 break down like it did in phoenix where the leaderboard was stacked and scotty and rom and all like that worked out as good as the pga tour could have asked for so anytime you're going to get an opportunity to get 20 or 25 or 30 of the best players in the world together like you could basically put them anywhere and it would be awesome inject hollywood inject riv inject tiger into the conversation like it feels it feels like we are just in this massive stretch it's unfortunately what next week is Honda. That's going to feel like a bye week And then we're going to be at like Bay Hill and the player. It's just, it's, I I honestly think there should be a bye week It's going to be, it's going to be tough for Honda. Yeah, I agree. I think we are, you know, we're, I'm a little worried about the Honda field because 
these players are not going to want to play six, seven weeks in a row. Like they need to have some break in their schedule. Truly the only guy that I'm curious about for Honda and looking for is Berger. But yeah, I think you, you know, where in the world is Daniel Berger? Um, but I think you nailed it with the star power, right? And and that is why I think we have to at least spend, you know, two to three minutes evaluating what we think about Tiger this week. We will get to that. We will get to his portion of the betting board, but here is the top of it. This is the odds checker grid. Very, very handy tool to be able to see all the different lines at all the different sports books. Uh, no real surprise here, Andy. There's kind of a big three. John Rom seven and a half to one. Roy McElroy nine and a half to one. Scotty Scheffler, 10 to one across the board. Those are the big three. I don't generally bet on these guys, but mm. um I'm the closest I've ever been this week on one of them. Ooh, can I guess which one? Sure. Is it Rory? It's not Rory. <laughs> it's not Rory? Okay, Rory it's would be my Rory. choice out of the three. Do you think Scheffler goes back to back? I would not be surprised, but it's not Scheffler. So that leaves us with just one more. So you're all in on Rom this week. Okay, make the case. Here's the thing. Um, and you know this. When you watch golf in person and you follow these guys around it is a completely different game yeah. uh, as much as i wish i could press simulate and and run a tournament in a in a spreadsheet that is not what happens yeah. uh, unfortunately for me and i probably walked with rom the vast majority of the weekend mm. dude he was like not good Bad. And he finished very and bad scrambling a lot. He his off the tee was really strange. He wasn't driving the ball in play and he was scrambling his ass off. I mean, he made a ton of really good pars to stay in that tournament. He might have had his B minus stuff and finished third and yeah. was in it until like the 70th hole or the 69th yeah. hole. Like it was, it was, it's unbelievable what he's able to do. You know, walk, it was him, Scheffler, and I think Nick Taylor in the final group on Sunday. And yes, he, he was more wayward than he would like to be. I mean, he knows it, right? They're aiming, they're aiming way left. It's not this like baby tight little cut. It's not a power fade. It's a little bit more out of control than that. His dispersion was wider than normal. Uh, he was still longer than everybody else. And he was in it until, literally whole 70 and when you see what he is capable of doing even on weeks where he doesn't have his best stuff like it it's terrifying it, it's really yeah. terrifying so do you think that he is going to be of the those big three do you think he's going to be the most popular the least popular like in terms of one and done percentage in DraftKings ownership not sure How do you think those big three shake out, I guess? Yeah, so uh, I cheated because I kind of know what the project, at least what the projected one-and-done ownership is. Not, uh, for uh -huh. one-and-done, the big three are not very popular at all. In fact, John Rahm would be pacing at the most popular right now at around 6%, Rory at wow. 5 Scheffler at 2%. Wow. We'll get, to, wow, wow, we'll get wow. to some of the bigger boys. But yeah, I think that, um, I, I, you know, Scheffler has kind of proven that – 
there's no like he does the same thing every single week. He's just f- phenomenal from Tita Green. If he gains two strokes with the putter, he's probably going to win. And then Rory, right. um, th- this is a TP the way TPC Scottsdale sets up, it's a, it's not as good for Rory uh off the tee as I think Riviera is. There's there's some like really bad spots. If you miss bigger yeah. at at TPC Scottsdale, you're gonna be in the the, the desert, the cactus. You yeah. we've we've talked about it, you've written about it. Um, you know, a lot of missed fairways this week and the way the Rory drives it, I think it's better at Riv than it is at TPC Scottsdale. Yeah, no, that is, that's completely fair to me. Um, I am with you or I, well, I guess you said you might be in on Ron, but I am skipping those three entirely and go into the name right below them, which yeah. is Justin Thomas, who, yep. in my opinion, I just think he's damn close, Rick. And I don't know how much you got a chance to watch of him in person. I ended up watching a ton of him on like feature groups and and um, live from because I bet on him last week too. And he wants it so bad right now, almost to the point where I'm worried that he's putting too much pressure on himself. <laughs> but like he is not... This is a guy that from ages 22 to 27 won 15 times on the PGA Tour, and now he's got two wins in the last two years. Like, this guy is not pleased with his performance, and the reason why his performance hasn't been JT-esque, and you look at that strokes gain window, Rick, right between essentially the U.S. Open and Torrey Pines, like that stretch where he goes, what, seven tournaments ish, seven, eight tournaments where he doesn't gain over three strokes on approach. That is very much not JT like Breck. Correct. Very much not JT like. And I think the one thing that has been really holding him back outside of putting a little bit as well has been the fact that his irons haven't been up to snuff. Sunday at Phoenix led the field in approach. Right. Yeah. So so he might be he might he might be coming back in that no, area. I'm 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 with you. This is this is kind of the one that stands out as he's about to burst, right? Last seven measured rounds, he's gained over seven strokes on approach. So he's back on that one round or one stroke per round pace, which is what you want to see from JT. He also is probably the most underrated uh, short game in the world because he can't he doesn't putt very well, but I mean he is just savvy around the greens and when everybody's unbelievably underrated, Rick. Yeah, when yeah. he's when everyone's missing these greens, there's kind of a, a couple of different paths for JT to get there. So no, completely, completely understand that he's 16 to one. He's the first of kind of the next tier of golfers that include Finau and Xander and Morikawa and Max Homa. The only other two guys that round out the group in that area, Andy, before we get to the thirties are Patrick Cantlay and Victor Hovland. So if you do get to JT, which it sounds like you're going to, is there another bet to be made here? Or do you have to move along down the board? Um, I got Cantlay at 33. Got it. Um, and I still probably would endorse that bet down to 25. Rick, this is a guy that got picked third in our fantasy draft. Yep. And the guys who were picking fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh were like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe you took him. Now, he, I mean, this is a guy, literally, Rick, he entered the season and you could make a strong argument that he was statistically, if you look at 
strokes gained over like a 12 month sample size, the third best player in the world. Now he's like ninth on the odds board at a course that he has called his third favorite course in the world where he went to college five minutes away from Riviera. And the dude has a three next to his name. Like, what are we doing guys? I, I know the thirties got hit, but can't, can't lay for me big time this week. Huge bounce back spot. Yeah. The Riv history is really good. The, I think there are four, I don't want to spoil it because this was the trivia question in um, in the email I just sent out a couple of hours ago. But of, of guys who have played as often at Riviera as Patrick Cantlay, there are a few who can kind of match the the strokes gain metrics. There's a couple of guys mm-hmm. in that upper tier. Um, we talked about this a little bit last week because the field was so strong and we both were kind of alluding to some one of the big names coming through. So let's go to now like this next area of the board where you start to have a little bit of questions before we get to some more questions. So it's Sung Jay and Cam Young back in action. Sam Burns, who held a multiple shot lead uh, here on the back nine on Sunday, a couple of years ago, Jordan Spieth is 40 to one. You should shop yeah. that as short as 29, as long as 40 Salatoris is 40. He mm. didn't even play last week. So Jay Day I, I want what are we doing? I, I, I want your opinion on Zalatoris. I, I really, I, I, cause, because that's the one I've been struggling with the most in terms um, of, in terms of his health, because this is a guy that got injured at probably financially the worst time to get injured last year. He probably left about five to 10 million bucks on the table from an injury late in the year. And then we get Phoenix who, Judging by Will's personality, I just listened to him on a podcast. It's like the perfect environment for him. He loves that stuff. Why didn't he play Phoenix, right? Like that's what I am so – that's why I'm so concerned. I guess maybe he just needed the extra week of prep. But what do you think is going on there? Yeah, I think long-term, obviously, love to be buying some Will's Zalatoris stock. Right now, I'm – cautiously optimistic, but probably waiting to see more. So there's a couple of things here. You're right. Like skipping out on an elevated event for in theory, no reason is bizarre, right? When you could have just played, uh, you know, Tori, then you could have gotten the week off at Pebble and you could have played Phoenix and Riv. And then you could have got the week off at Honda and you could have played Bay Hill and the players like it. The schedule is perfect for that, for the elite guys. The other thing is um, he has had to kind of make a few swing adjustments with the back injury. He talked about standing a little bit closer to the ball. He's talked about the position of his hips coming through the ball so that he does not aggravate said uh, back injury again. And when you yeah. start doing that, it's a lot of new swing thoughts, Andy. It's a lot of new things to consider. I trust that he will figure it out, but I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need to see it because since the return, the stat profile has not been what I would like to see. Okay, I'm with you. It's a stay away for me too. I just wanted to hear your opinion. I am, however, on his another college former teammate of his, Cameron Young, who is just kind of sitting here. At 35 to one, another guy, Rick, who gets picked like ninth in our draft. And, you know, he has, he didn't have the most stunning start to the PGA tour season, but let's remind everybody to calm down. We're only three events into the season. This was a guy that was number one 
on every single buddy's list of breakout candidates. I guess he wet some people down last week in Phoenix, but man, I mean, it's not like he hit the ball that terribly. And, and now, you know, he's just sitting here at 35 to one. I, I definitely go in there in DFS, but this is a guy, in my opinion, that I think we move on too quickly. And I think we forget about how excited we all were about a player who's now returning to a course that he finished second at uh, last year. You know, you look at the last two decades, Rick, and 17 under wins at Riviera every single year. Mm-hmm. He just ran into a freight train with Joaquin Neiman. Right. You know, you want to talk about comp courses. My favorite comp course is Southern Hills. Finished top five there as well. Right. So he feels a little bit like the forgotten man to me. I mean, this was a guy that people were lining up to bet Rick at like 17 to one at some events, you know. So I I think Cam Young is is a a really sharp play this week. Finished runner-up at the Saudi International just a couple of weeks ago. What is your level of concern around the short game failings as of late? Because if we would have gone back to last year, he would have been one of the very few guys, or he was one of the very few guys, who hits it far, gains a ton of strokes off the tee, but is very, very competent, if not great, around the green and with the putter. It's it's a skill set that does not usually translate when you bomb it and you are also all have the touch around the green. We are not... Now we don't yeah. have the numbers from 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 Saudi Arabia, but we are not necessarily seeing that version of him. So, like, what level of concern is that? No, big time. It's a very valid concern, um, and you know, it's basically the thing that you hope for with Morikawa and Hovland too, right? Which is, I wrote about this a lot in my article, so I won't dive too deep into it now, but this is one of the heaviest weights all season that I have on around the green. I think short game is incredibly, incredibly important here. Now, Victor Hovland has finished top five here in back-to-back starts, losing strokes around the green. Colin Morikawa finished second last year, um, losing, or I think he... He might have gained strokes around the green, but his short game has not been good at all recently. So there are these examples of guys that can put a Band-Aid on it, but you're right. That's probably the biggest concern. Let me ask you this question. Are you more confident about Cam Young's short game, Morikawa's short game, or Hovland's short game right now? Boy, uh, good question. Um I mean, I just watched Morikawa chili dip a couple of those at the at the uh, tournament of yeah. champions, which is tough. It's, it's on the front of my mind. I think that, oh boy, I would be. Um, I think I would trust Morikawa the most, honestly. Interesting. Okay, I yeah. think Young is the clear answer, but interesting. I mean, Morikawa has more experience in reps, so yeah, yeah, a little Kakuya action. Um, all right. Now, this is where we start asking the question, like, how far down the board is too far down the board? Because Hideki is 50 to 1, and (laughs) all all we're asking Hideki to do is, like, be Hideki, get back to the approach. Like, that's it. Everything else has been great. Adam Scott has obviously won here before. He's 60 to 1. And then you get to guys that I think are going to be pretty darling in fantasy aspects, but I don't know if they can actually win the golf tournament, whether it's a Keegan Bradley uh, at 66 to one Sahith at 80, you should shop that or like Wyndham Clark is 90 to one. I think they'll be popular in other formats, but are they actually outright bettable? Um, I bet one guy at a hundred to one. So I guess I have to say yes. Although my opinion on the guy at a hundred to one is that the number is just 
insane stuff. Um, I'm talking about Shane Lowry, who was people were lining up to bet at 30 to one at major championships last year. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why I think Rick run good is so important. And I talked about this on the podcast yesterday, but it's like, if you're looking at a site that doesn't have European tour data, you're looking at Shane Lowry's profile and saying, this guy sucks, but the dude gained 7.3 strokes on approach less than a month ago and won the biggest event on the European tour all season, like six starts ago. And now he's a hundred to one, you know, a guy that we were again, we're all, but he's guy goes off at 35 to one at every major and he's a hundred. So I had to do it. Uh, yeah, the, the fa- we used to live in a world where just like there was two different tours and the guys that played on the Euro tour rarely came. And now it's like even the stars go back and forth. So it, it's yeah. uh, critical to realize that the golf is being played at a global level. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else uh, I wanted to mention here. I don't think there is. Then we, oh, okay. Uh, let's have the Tiger Woods conversation. Uh, Tiger Woods is 150 to one. Uh, yeah. He is being priced on draft. I think he's seventy three hundred dollars on draft tickets. I'll pull up his stat profile, Andy. It's it's not particularly great. Um, what is the general expectation for Big Cat this week? Um, I think if he makes the cut, that's a big deal. Um, okay. I think that Tiger is doing this for a very specific reason, and that is that. Riviera is the closest thing out there that you're going to find to Augusta national in terms of the questions that it is asking you. And I think tiger, the only thing that tiger cares about at this stage of his career from a competitive level is winning majors, right? So I think tiger looks at this and goes, okay, the closest prep. And I know a lot of people have been saying, Oh, why doesn't he play the players? It's a flatter walk. He should play the heritage. It's a flatter walk. Well, Yeah, but I'm telling you right now, he doesn't care. The reason why he's playing Riviera is because Riviera asks you to do the, it asks you to do the exact same things that Augusta National asks you to do. And if you can answer some of those tough questions, which is hitting approach shots, usually mid and long irons off of uneven lies, right? A lot of awkward chips to very undulating and contoured greens, right? Lag putting, right? Both Augusta and Riviera are two of the toughest lag putting courses on the PGA Tour. Both courses feature some of the deepest bunkers on the PGA Tour too, right? So these are these both these golden age designs that ask the same thing out of you. And so, I, you know, for me, I'm not playing Tiger or writing up Tiger in any of my stuff recommending playing him. I'm also not like seeking out matchups against him. I think if he makes the weekend, it's a... Uh, it's a massive positive. What about you? Yes, very much a litmus test, I believe, both for game and physicality. Right? There's going to be a couple of, of spots where I want to like I want to see him walk down the hill at one. I want to see him walk up the hill at eighteen. Like I'm I'm interested in that. I think this is very much a litmus test. He only cares about the majors. I completely agree with that. But I don't think he could 
possibly go into a major championship cold. Uh, so, hey, I'm going to be at Riviera. It, as you mentioned, asks a lot of the same questions that Augusta National will. I'm going to be there to hand out a trophy. I might as well try to play. I might as well see how it goes. I also will have zero financial investment uh, one way or another in Tiger. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling for him, but I, I think that when you start looking at him compared to the pricing of, of his peers who are similarly priced, I mean, it's head and shoulders, a, a, a different game. Tiger, Tiger has not flashed uh tour level competency in some time. So if I gave you over under 60th place, are you taking the over or the under? I would take the over as in the worse than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just think, listen, it is, we see that it is so hard to compete on the PGA tour. This is one of the deepest fields we've had in quite some time. Mm-hmm. And to do that coming off of your last competitive round was in July. You've been playing the, the match since then. It's just like the PGA tour is a rhythm thing. It, it's, it's, I hate to ever say tiger can't do something, but that it, right. it feels like an uphill battle. And even the bottom end of this field, and I'll write about this more in my Wednesday DraftKings article, but like a lot of really damn good players in the 6K range this week. Like it's a really deep field. The same guys that are priced with Tiger in the outright market are like Kurt Kitayama, who was... He's good. Yeah. Adam Hadwin, who was in the mix for like a long time last week. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Herbert's been playing great golf globally. Tom Hoagie, uh, Billy yeah. Borschel, like like... These are these Tom are, Hoagie who was 10K two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. It's really, Adrian it's, Moronk it's has won guy. twice in his last like 18 starts worldwide and yeah. is 200 to one. Like, it's yeah. just, it's tough, man. It's tough out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's said, a big ask. You said you would not target Tiger in the matchup market. I'm trying to see if I can even find him. Uh, they may not do him. I mean, who's a good matchup for him? Is Luke, it? A wow. How about this? I see a Luke Donald. Yikes. Ooh. Luke Donald I, minus I, I want to be honest with you. I want no part of that. No, <laughs> I don't think so either. Um, okay. But you do. So, so for guys, maybe we'd want to target like if we don't trust the idea of around Wills Al Torres, there's a Ricky Fowler plus plus one thirty seven over, over Wills Al Torres. He's a pretty big favorite. Yeah. That that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I'd probably do that. I mean, let me ask you another question. Which Renaissance are you more in on Jason day or Ricky Fowler? Short both term, on, both on my fantasy team, by the way. Yes. Short term, I think day, because I think his mostly revolves around health. He's been very good at staying healthy recently. I wish that nothing but success moving forward, but I always worry about it. Ricky, I think, has always been healthy and has just kind of gone through the rigor of getting the swing right and getting the game right. So I think like longer term, I probably trust the Fowler one. Yeah, I I think that's a I think that's a very very fair answer. I mean, both of those guys were guys I took a long hard look at uh, last night, and they didn't end up ultimately making my betting card. But they might be guys that I target in the matchup market. I mean, there's some there's some tough ones here, right? I think I'd probably take Jordan Spieth over Tom Kim. I don't love this golf course for Tom Kim, and I don't love this golf course for uh guys that are playing here on their first appearance right mm. you know like i don't love this spot there's a, over the last two decades the only guy that's won on his first appearance was adam scott i need to 
I had to drink a little bit more coffee because Jimmy says I'm about to fall asleep. Jimmy, welcome to the chat. Um, there was a stat. It, it is Gary Woodland is like by far the worst putter at Riviera in this field of like anybody who's played like I think it's 14 rounds or more when you see something like that I think it's like five or six trips and he is just hemorrhaging strokes on the greens to, like sometimes I'm like all right give me give me the Bo Hostler side of things right like give me the give me I just like there's just something about this place he cannot connect with yeah Gary was another guy I believe that I picked up my fantasy team that I was expecting a renaissance out of and that hasn't quite matriculated yet uh, the way that I was hoping for, but yeah, I'll be looking at, uh, at bro throw throughout the week. As the week goes on, do we have any prize picks yet? Yes, we do. We will get to the props and we will chat one and done, but first we're going to take a quick coffee break so we can wake up. <laughs> Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know, and I mean that as an absolute compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available, and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, The Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event, and he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. We are back. Uh, this is random, but what is the Phoenix Open tr trophy supposed to be? I think it is a sun slash phoenix rising or something i'll have to look it's crystal it's not one of my favorites do you know what that trophy is supposed to be i don't but i know you're the trophy guy so i completely yeah. defer to you on all things trophies i saw it let me just i'm gonna try to pull it up real quick yeah it's like uh i think it's like a phoenix rising isn't it type of deal i don't know i'll do a little bit of research but uh thanks for the question zach all right prize picks they are available so we've got strokes and we've got birdies are better the cat is on the board 73 and a half for round one and then you get the big boppers rom scheffler rory jt spieth xander and colin morikawa these are round one stroke props the it's a par 71 andy mm -hmm. and it's generally pretty tough i mean what when you start looking at rom scheffler rory at 69 jt and xander along with morikawa 69 and a half spieth at seven you said you didn't like did you say you didn't like this place for speed or no, no you I do. I, Tom Kim. Yeah, yeah I, I do like this place for Spieth. Um, those numbers feel pretty fair to me, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know if I'm jumping to take any of the unders. Are you? The only one that I was pretty interested in was Xander, just because. So he they have him at sixty nine and a half. I was looking back. He yeah. has gone. 69 or better, uh, let's see, twice last year, twice the year before, twice the year before that, three times the year before that, and twice the year before that. So it's basically, yeah, I mean, it's close to 50% of the time if you look at it like that, but he rarely, I mean, if he's not shooting 69 or better, it's, there's a lot of 70s in here. I'd argue that he is probably better now than most of those other years leading into it. So the one that stood out to me was the under on 69 and a half for Xander. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I mean, I would probably. What do the fairways once look like? Because we don't have them yet. They're not out okay. yet. But that I'm glad you brought that up because these are hard to hit. Incredibly hard to hit. So those would be the ones that I would target if those come out. Would be I would take a look to see if Prize Picks accounts for the fact that 
you know, driving accuracy last year uh, here, Rick, was 49%. Guys aren't even hitting 50% of their fairways at this course. So I'm interested to see if prize picks is going to account for that. Here's the other one. I, I'm hoping they give us a Hovland fairway uh, prop so we can take the under because there is, and there's a couple of guys who do this. Hovland yeah, plays up the <laughs> plays up the wrong fairway. So yeah. uh, I think it's on 15. So that's one where he's not even going to try to hit the fairway. I can promise yeah. you that. Although, and- <laughs> did you hear what they started? There was talks about internal OB. Oh, stop. Come on. Once they caught him doing that. Come yeah. on. There, there's <laughs> there was only like three guys who did it. He didn't even – I think he made par all four days. He didn't even really take advantage of it. But come on. Don't throw yeah. up an internal OB. Let these guys have it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I've, I've, I have no problem with it, but I, I, I like that call on Hovland. And yeah, I think, um, check out prize picks as the week goes on and definitely take a look at those unders on the driving and the greens and regulation props too. super, yeah. super low greens and regulation percentage here. Yeah. I want to see if they'll also do like the make the cut one. So, um, the coach you're looking for there is Rick. There's a link in the description. You can get your deposit match over at prize picks. You can start, uh, beating them up on the, on the PGA stuff and you can start beating them up on everything else that they have going on. They have a uh, high lie prop. So if you're a high lie expert, uh, those are available for you. Unfortunately, I don't think I can help there. Speaking of beating up on something, Andy, would you like to take a look at the one and done results? I I mean, it's just, let's just get it over with. Yeah. All right. So last week, uh, you went with Colin Morikawa. That was a missed cut. I went with Scotty Scheffler, who got the full $3.6 million payout. So now for the 2023 season, which we started at the Century Tournament of Champions, I sit at $5.4 million. You have 232000 we're in Stephen Ames territory. We're in Vince Carter gift territory. I mean, it's just, it feels like the season of hell for me. I don't know what went wrong with Morikawa. The guy finished second and third in his last two starts. And it seems like he was body snatched all week in Phoenix. Um, you know, it's still early, right? We've got one more of these coming up right now, but you know, panic mode. Are we there yet? We're close. We're close. We're like a 7.5 out of 10 on the panic meter. But, uh, man, I just, I, I, I don't have an answer for it. it. You know, we're in fade my one and done picks territory. Uh, the good news is there's a, there's a ton of money on the line. Like there is, there are, you have played two of, what 17 elevated events with the PGA tour and the majors is that maybe it's 13. Like we're like, we have not even really, yeah, there's a good 14 more purses that are massive. Correct. Correct. So you find a couple of winners and this thing, this thing flips pretty quickly. Um, outside of our one and done, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to in a second. We'll make picks there, but, uh, holistically I've got the most likely to be the most popular options. Um, Max Homa currently checking in at like 22% on office football pool site. I mean, that's a ton. Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, 11 and 10. And then Tony Finau at seven, Xander at seven, Morikawa at seven. Um, Rom McElroy, Adam Scott, Sam Burns round out the top 10. Yeah. I mean, like if Rory's 3%, I think he's a really good one and done option. Right. Like if you want to, like, I have no problem burning. Do we know yet? Like 
does this have a bigger purse than like the open? I mean, it's like these purses so I, are out of control on these. I, I I believe that they likely will, right? The majors don't yeah. really announce their purses until the week of. They don't have to. Like the Masters will announce theirs like Saturday morning, right? Like, but but historically, um, I think last year's biggest major purse was the PGA. I think it was seventeen and a half million. So even if they increase it to twenty, it only matches this. And I and like Augusta National doesn't have to throw out twenty five million dollars because nobody cares about the money there. Like it, it, I, I believe that these are going to be bigger than than the majors. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have a question. There's a player that I really want this week, and I'm worried that you're going to take him. So I'm like, am I allowed? So why can't I go first? So the the argument. <laughs> why can't I go first? The art. So as has been pointed out in the chat, the argument is that the person in the lead has to go first because the person, if the person in the lead does not go first, they would just take the same player as the other person and guarantee victory for the rest of the year. But I know you're not going to do that. You're, you're a man I, of in, you're a man of integrity. You are trying. You are trying to rip to Justin Thomas out of my cold, my cold, uh, hard grip here. I just have like a really strong feeling about JT this week, and I want to use him in one and done. All right, you can use him. I'll well, now you. I feel like you're like I, yeah, now because now like, if I'm he goes not, out and wins, I, I still get like I still get like well, I'm, I let Andy use I'm, him. I'm not a charity case. You know what? If that's the format that we've been using all year, take Justin Thomas. You okay. can have him. Take Justin Thomas. I'll go in another direction. Yeah, fine. So I mean, listen. There's there are other guys who uh, are more likely to win this golf tournament. So I ask. I as as per the rules, I will go first and take Justin Thomas. Okay, I'll take Cantlay. I mean, <laughs> Cantlay's a money maker. Did I already use Cantlay? Nah, no. you're good. At, nah, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Uh, so wait, I have trying? gotten. Can can I just recap something for you? Sure. I have gotten out of Tom Kim, Will Zalatoris, Jordan Spieth, and Colin Morikawa. The best I've gotten out of those four players is a T63 with three missed cuts. Tom Kim, Will Zalatoris, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa. A, T63 a, a with total, three cuts. A total of $19,000 out of those four. Yeah. Four of the most exciting, you know, easily in my opinion top 25 players in the world so to recap uh i think you and i are on the same page that like i think in a vacuum justin thomas is a very good one and done selection if you are trying to move up trying to make up a little bit of ground you you referenced the low owned rory mcelroy as a pretty good option like how far down would you go at is adam scott viable if you're trying to make up ground here hmm, i think i'd probably stop at like cameron young Right. Like, I think you probably, yeah. I mean, listen, Ross, I, I, I've got no leg to stand on right now. Um, same Zach, like I, you know, it's like, I, I got to, at some point, like I'll let my picks do the talking. I've got no talking to do right now. Um, I, I, there's nothing I could say until I improve. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go as far as Scott. Honestly, for this purse, I would stop at like Cameron Young and Sungjae and Hideki. I think you could play Hideki here. Uh, Hideki is, ooh, where is Hideki? I got to keep scrolling for Hideki. Uh, again, this is very early on a Tuesday, and it's just from this one website that lets you see site-wide picks. Uh, Hideki is less than 1% in the projections. Yeah, that's a good pick. 
and Cam Young would be like 2%. He's like the 15th highest owned right now. Yeah, so, that's a good pick. Some that's options. A good pick. Okay, uh, Andy, I will see you in LA here in the next couple of days. Anything else that we did not talk about that we need to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, no, sir, my friend. Excited to see you in the upcoming days. And uh, yeah, should be a fun one. Follow Andy on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your betting preview for this week's Genesis Invitational. Good luck.